Rachel. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 202. All right, we're jumping right in. Murderer in the Backyard. Hello! Said like Mrs. Doubtfire. Story 1. This happened when I was 16 or 17 years old, and I loved true crime and paranormal. I would often terrify myself by watching Law and Order SVU and A&E for hours. Bill Curtis narrated my childhood. But I digress. Back to the story. My mom loved Oprah, watched her every day. And one evening, her show was about how someone survived a situation. And I was not okay, y'all. But I kind of forgot about it as the night went on. So fast forward to around midnight and I'm minding my own business, probably watching Oz when I hear a noise. I managed to convince myself that it was nothing when I hear it again. A tap on the window right behind my head. I sat in shock for a moment before there's another knock. And that is when my heart falls out of my asshole and I am off that couch and out of the family room faster than I have ever run in my life. I am screaming bloody murder as I fly up the stairs, sobbing and screaming for my parents, babbling incoherently as my parents are awoken from a dead sleep and I explain that there is someone in the backyard. Anyway, my parents finally get me to go to bed. I probably passed out from sheer terror. And when I woke up in the morning, my parents explained what happened. It was my neighbor, my fucking next door neighbor, who thought I was my sister, so he knocked to get her attention, not knowing that it was me. I was so mad at the time, but now when I think of it, he was probably equally as terrified as I was and probably fear farted as he realized he made a terrible mistake. Story two. This also happened in high school. I was getting ready for bed one night and I had the feeling to look outside. And when I did, I saw a tall man in a ball cap standing in our front yard. I wasn't afraid at the time because there were a few guys on my street who were friends with my sister. So I just assumed it was one of them. It was one of my neighbors, and I will not be taking any questions or comments at this time, LMAO. Anyway, stay safe, and it's probably not your neighbor. Bye, Tawny. I got lots of questions, Tawny. You can't be dangling fruit like that and then be like, don't ask nothing. Mm-hmm. So why don't you want us to ask anything? Who was it? What happened? Also, I hate, but I also love when you get yourself scared like that, but not at the moment. At the moment, I'm going to die. And also, your sister be knowing some people. Right? I mean, good for you, girl. Get it. I ain't judging. <laughs> I'm condoning. <laughs> okay, the next one. Got some stories from my state of Maryland. It's long. Sorry, not sorry. First, we've got a bridge. Of course we have a bridge. And of course it's covered. Because what fucking haunted, creepy-ass bridge isn't? Now, this was decades ago. I was a different person entirely and wouldn't dare to keep shit this weird anymore. So with the car full of hormones, pimples, and poor decisions, the group of four of us decided it would be a great idea to take the car to Jericho Covered Bridge in Kingsville, Maryland. I believe it was after midnight, but not entirely sure when. Anywho, my best friend at the time, we'll call her Kelly, and Kelly's brother, we'll call him John, and our childhood friend who we'll call Rob. John was driving this POS Corolla. Rob was shotgun, Kelly and I were in the back seat. Once we get to the bridge, John cuts the lights and slowly creeps a car in the middle of the bridge before putting it in park and cutting the engine. All four of us rolled the windows down, and yes, I mean old school rolled them down, and we silently sat there listening. It's said you can experience a wide range of different paranormal activity, from seeing bodies of the slaves that were hung inside the tunnel of the bridge, ghostly screams and apparitions, 
babies crying, kids laughing, and banging on your car. After some time passed for us with no activity besides the normal owl hoots, cicadas singing, or dogs barking, John and Rob decided they had enough waiting and wanted to interrogate. Now, even being a cocky, fearless teenager, I knew this was an absolutely terrible idea. But did my dumbass do anything to stop it? Of course fucking not. What a fucking dumbass. The boys walked all around the car, yelling for the spirits to come in to get them, walking their way to the end of the bridge. Kelly and I were still intently listening and watching for any activity. We both turned when we heard something coming behind the car, thinking it might have been another vehicle. But when we turned, we saw nothing. At that exact moment, we hear the loudest bang come from the front of the car. We both screamed, grabbed each other, and turned back around to face the front of the car. What the fuck was that? Somebody asked, and I can't remember if it was Kelly, myself, or maybe even both. Then another bang, and we jumped. And at this point, I'm pretty sure I was crying. Kelly yelled for John and Rob repeatedly with no response, but another two bang, bang from the front of the car. We could feel the car move from the impact of the bangs. We were absolutely fucking terrified. From our pleading and crying, we start to hear laughing that snaps us back to reality. John and Rob stand up from crouching in front of the car with shit-eating grins on their fucking faces. We were pissed. Those assholes fucked with us and we fell for it. We silently drove home and Kelly and I walked into the house, locking the boys out so they had to climb through John's window to get in or sleep at Rob's house across the street because fuck them. The next morning, I wake up and walk outside so I can make my way home. I froze in my tracks when I came to the back of that piece of shit Corolla. There were tiny handprints all over the back of the car, all different sizes. My heart was in my throat and my body went cold. When I was finally able to move and make my way around to the front of the car and noticed larger handprints, like the ones made by two teenage douchebags who thought it would be funny to torment two teenage girls. I ran back to Kelly's door, banging on it and calling her name. She opens it, a little annoyed, but quickly asked what was wrong when she saw my face. Hands was all I could get out before I just turned and walked back down the drive to the car. Kelly was clearly confused, but followed behind anyway. After investigating the handprints and being thoroughly freaked the fuck out, we went over to Rob's house and knocked on the door until Rob's mom answered. She was confused by our panic and attempted to calm us down until we explained to her about last night and what we saw this morning. You could tell she was freaked out, but as an adult, was trying to remain calm. The only thing she was able to get out was something about us learning our lesson and we shouldn't be going out at night ghost hunting. Okay, Karen, but that's beside the point. John and Rob thought we were fucking with them to get back at them for fucking with us, but we were definitely not. We may not be in contact with each other anymore, but I will never forget what happened after we visited that fucking bridge. Next story, fuck those woods. My legit BFF lived next to the creepiest woods ever, and I'm sure she could give you more stories. These woods are in Middle River, Maryland. I tried to get more information besides Compass Road, but that's all I got. Sorry. I thought the Baptist Church owned it, but it seems that they own the field in front of the woods, which is still creepy. Anyway, I'm a wood, nature, camping, fresh air, full moon, dancing kind of girl and always have been. When I became friends with my best friend in middle school, we would get together and go frolicking through the woods finding treasures and trouble. These woods are extremely dense in spots, and it's hard to tell the time of day until you travel far enough and get to an empty patch of dirt. A giant circle that people ride their dirt bikes in. 
The whole time you're in these woods, you feel like you're being watched. Eyes on you at all times. It's said that bad things happen in those woods. Murders, body dumps, satanic rituals, cults, and more. I know, it was a wonderful place for kids to play. We've seen orbs, flashes of light, shadow people, and probably the creepiest fucking thing on the planet that we could ever experience. One evening, while our dumbasses were playing at the entrance of the woods, we saw a light flash and shadows moving. Around a tree trunk, I saw the skeletal white hand with long black fingernails wrap itself. I froze and pointed it out to my friend. We hightailed it back to her house, ran into the house, and locked the door behind us. Because that'll stop a demon, right? Her mom asked what was wrong, and we told her what we saw. Her response, oh, you saw it? Not exactly comforting. Her years in that house were terrifying in ways that are unexplainable and the creepy fucking woods might be the reason behind it. Last story, a whole ass town of Nope, Burkittsville, Maryland. Ever heard of it? It's a very tiny historical town. If you sneeze, you'll miss it. Part of the Blair Witch was filmed there. Well, me being the weirdo I fucking am, I did a little research and thought it would be fun to explore this little town. My husband and I used to love just getting in the car and exploring. You know, before it was a mortgage payment to fill up with gas. All little historical towns have cute shops and restaurants, and locals are happy to see visitors because that means money, right? Wrong. The moment we roll into this town, my body was doing a thing. A thing I've felt a few times in my life and still ignored because hard-headed. Stomach churning, head buzzing, never-ending chills, my ancestors fucking screaming at me to leave. This was an absolutely gorgeous day, I believe in spring or early summer. A day where everyone's outside with small little weekend projects and family shopping. But this town was eerily empty. There were cars and obvious signs of life, but not a single human being. My husband, bless his heart, was oblivious to this phenomenon until I pointed it out to him. We parked at the end of the town in a cemetery and got out to walk around, which didn't last long because there was literally nothing. I started to get hungry, so I pulled out my phone to see where a restaurant was close by since I hadn't seen a soul to ask. No service. None. We walked back towards the car, which was literally on the outskirts of town. I look at my phone again, and full service was back again. At this point, my husband and I were just ready to leave and pick up some McDonald's or something. We turned left out of the cemetery and noticed not one, Not two, not even three, but eight people outside of various homes and cars. Not really doing anything, but stared at us as we drove by. I looked at my phone again that had just had full service, and there was zero again. I'm talking a red circle with a line through it. We get outside the town, and my body goes back to normal. My phone returns to full service again, and my husband and I looked at each other at the same time and said, Creepy as fuck. Full disclosure, my husband and I have driven through this town multiple times since, but we've never stopped again. We've never experienced that weird-ass shit just driving through again. And if you're listening to this and this is your town, why y'all gotta keep it so weird? Creep it real and don't get scared. Love you ladies, Chris. When you said Barkettsville, I was like, Blair Witch. I know that, because I fucking loved Blair Witch. You really did. Hell yeah, opening night, we went there on my 16th birthday. I didn't really get into all the hype of it. Oh my God, I did. Because I watched MTV and they had all of it being like it was found footage. And yes. All yeah. The they really hyped it up. Mm-hmm. And my gullible ass believed everything. See, but I've never really been into like paranormal stuff. Whereas I was more into true crime. You know what I mean? 
Where but you- that was true crime because they were gone. They were missing. Yeah, I guess so. But it was like witches. <laughs> so it wasn't. Also, little tiny handprints. And y'all heard something in the back, remember? And y'all turned around and nothing was there. Yep. Fucking ghost kids. Fuck those boys. See, back then I would have been crying too. But let me tell you now, don't fuck with me now. Yeah, um, after Donna's sister died, <laughs> uh, she took over Donna's body, and Donna a bitch now. Uh-huh, like, don't, don't fuck with me. Like, some Lori fucking Elwin will come out. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I used to be so scared of Lori. Like, when they first moved back mm-hmm. from California, I was like, because I'd always heard stories how, like, don't fuck with her. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I used to be real scared of your sister Susan, too. Well, I'm still scared of Susan. <laughs> My sisters, don't fuck with no, them. They will they cut don't. you. They they got that Elwin gene. Donna's got it too. Like it just takes a lot to get me there. Yeah, it doesn't take didn't take nearly as much with mm-hmm. them. But yes, but once you get her there, she's going for the jugular. Colby's mm-hmm. like that too. Like he will take it and take it and take it until he doesn't, and then you better look out because yes. he's going to go for the jugular. Yeah. Okay. The next one. F that house and the ghost in the woods. A lot of woods. Mm-hmm. Hey, lovely ladies. I love listening to your podcast while I work. Nothing is more entertaining than listening to spooky tales while grooming dogs. This is my first time writing a story, so bear with me. Also, I'd like to keep anonymous because of some possible family drama. My childhood was pretty tough. My parents divorced due to my mother cheating while my dad was deployed in the military. My mom married the man whom she cheated with. I went from being the only child to having five siblings, three sisters and one brother, and a family who wasn't very nice to me. The family also turned a blind eye to sexual assault that frequently occurred to all the young girls from an older male cousin. To say it lightly, the whole family had a lot of issues. Nowhere felt safe. My step-siblings live with their mother, who was hours away, but one or two would live with us for a couple of months at a time. My mother would get angry at something they did and would send them back to their mother. I felt bad for them because they were constantly rotated between each house. One summer when I was 13, I got to see the other home and spend a couple of weeks there while my parents were away. When I first arrived, something felt off. The house was a mess and always smelled like urine from kids peeing on stuff. Their mother ran a daycare business and also had two very young boys who frequently had accidents around the house. I was excited to spend some time with my step-siblings, and we had a lot of fun playing games most of the time, which lightened the mood. They told me that the house was haunted, and at first, I didn't believe them. They told me they would hear footsteps, saw glasses being thrown, and even saw a shadow man around the house. They even told me that one of the bathrooms under the stairs was where he would stay and to not go in there. I thought they were just trying to scare me or something, so I laughed it off. One night, I was sleeping on the couch because I didn't want to share a bed with my younger sister. They warned me not to sleep alone, and I should have listened. I was sleeping on the couch, the TV turned on, and the static noise woke me up. I searched the room and saw no one. Now, this TV was ancient, like it had no remote that I can remember, and you had to adjust the channels with the knob on the TV to change channels. So I went to the TV and turned it off and went back to the couch. After a few minutes, it came on again. I figured the TV was so old that it somehow was messed up and turned back on. So I unplugged it this time, making sure there was no way to disturb my sleep. It turned on again. My heart was racing. How, I asked myself. Then I got a very unsettling feeling that something was watching me. I turned around to find the bad bathroom door was wide open. 
That door was always closed because the toilet didn't work and my siblings feared it. I panicked and ran to my sister's room, running past the bathroom. I could feel something chase me down the hall. I scrambled in between my sister and the wall. The next morning, I told them what happened and they seemed unfazed, as if it was a common occurrence. I called my parents and begged for them to pick me up, but I had to stay for another week. Later that week, I also had the worst ear infection that caused me to be bedridden for days. I blame it on the damn ghost. I never returned to that house and my parents and I moved to another state a year later. I couldn't imagine living there and what my step-siblings went through. I often wonder if whatever was there was feeding on negativity from the abuse my siblings went through. The second story is about why you should listen to your parents. I lived near the woods and always wanted to explore them, but my stepfather would yell at me not to go into the woods. While home alone one day, I was home alone a lot, I decided to sneak off into the woods. I was having a blast being a little rebel until I heard footsteps. I was like, shit, I'm going to be in trouble. And I tried to hide behind a tree. I watched a figure of a middle-aged man walk stealthily through the woods with a rifle in his hand. At first, I thought he was a hunter, but realized the man was translucent and wearing a gray, old-looking uniform. He was there a couple of seconds, then vanished. The sounds of footsteps stopped, and all was quiet again. You know I ran back home and didn't enter the woods behind my house alone ever again. I found out there were unmarked graves in the woods behind my house, and my stepfather took me to them. It was sad to see so many graves fenced off in the middle of nowhere. I felt bad for the lost souls that wandered those woods. Sorry if this email is too long, but it feels good to share these experiences with others. Keep it spooky. Oh my gosh, I would have been terrified in that damn house. And they were just like, do do oh, you had this uh, bizarre experience? That's uh, normal. Now you know why we call it the bad bathroom. Right? And they're like, should have fucking listened. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, though... If those kids were going through that much trauma and abuse, though, that's why they were having accidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, that's the saddest part of the whole story. Yeah. But I mean, that uh, ghost soldier in the woods was pretty fucking scary. Yeah. But I'd rather see a ghost in the woods than like an actual like guy. With a gun. With a gun, yeah. True. Unless it was Elmer Fudd and then I'd be like, I need you to tell me all the things. Okay, the next one. Hey ladies, I'll start with the obligatory, I fucking love you and your podcast. Seriously, when I need some more lighthearted murder, I turn to you. I know you take the serious stuff seriously, it just feels like I'm sitting with my friends when I listen. Also, happy to hear other women talking about carbs and cocks as much as I do. Anyway, I'll get to the point. In March of 2021, my younger brother died in a car accident. Whenever you guys talk about Donna's sister, I get a little emotional, but I love how you're able to share those pieces of yourself with all of us, because I don't think anyone can understand the loss of a sibling unless it's happened to them. Okay, okay, spooky, right? Here's the, maybe we can rationalize this kind of stuff. A few weeks after Nick died, I found a harmonica on a fucking hiking trail. Where did that come from? Why was it there? Of course, I took it home because I'm a fucking weirdo. My boyfriend at the time also found a handful of Oreos spread across a lawn on the side of a house that he was working at. No, these people had no kids that would have had them scattered about. Nick loved to play his harmonica and Oreos were his favorite ever since we were little. My dad even put a stack on the altar at his memorial service. Deeper spookies. My sister and I have both had visitation dreams. The kind where we can feel and smell him. About a week after the services, I was asleep in the backseat of my parents' car 
on the ferry going to Long Island and kind of in that half-awake state. Nick was upset, and when I asked him what was wrong, he said, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave you. To which I replied, you can stay with me as long as you want. When I picked my head up, my sister and my nephew were getting into the car. They had taken their own car on the ferry, but were coming to say hi. Lincoln, who was three at the time, whispered to me, Uncle Nick is here. The hell? How did he know? Kids are fucking weird, y'all. My sisters and I, as well as my nephew, have all had strange experiences since then, but I'll leave you with this last one. I had a dream one night that a deer came into my childhood backyard. I intuitively knew it was Nick and began hugging him and telling him how I missed him. Why he would come to me as a deer, I have no clue. And to be honest, when I woke up, I wasn't sure if it was really a visitation or just a weird dream. I got up to go make my coffee and every single light in our living room was on. We have an Alexa, so I checked the history to see if we had just forgotten to turn them off. The last command in the history was, Alexa, turn off living room lights. I took this as confirmation that Nick had been there. I find myself craving that place between asleep and awake because that's where I usually get to talk to my brother. If anyone else has experienced this, I would love to talk about it. Or if there's any creepsters in the Facebook group that has advice for refining your intuition, I would love to hear it. Thank you for bringing some light and laughs into the world. I appreciate you so much. Creep it real, Maddie. Losing a parent is fucking hard, but I cannot imagine losing a sibling. I mean, meanwhile, um, Donna's done both. And so weird that we literally just talked about your sisters. I know. And the next one's like, I love it when you talk about your sister. I was like, damn. I know. I wish I knew how to tell you to refine your skills, but I don't fucking know. Me either. And I just like beg for people to come see me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't ever happen. So I've had weird dreams lately and my mom's been in them, but it's not been like, oh, you're dead. You're coming to see me or anything like, or, oh, I missed you. It's just been like, she's my mom in my dream. Right. And we're living our life. Yeah. That's how mine are. Or like, if my dad is in my dream, he always dies in my dream. Oh, gosh. Or another way that my stress and fears manifest themselves, this started when my dad got sick, was that Colby left me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll have dreams that we're married and we've been married like a month and he ghosts me. He always ghosts me in the dreams. And I always have my actual ring in my dreams. (laughs) And I'm like, legitimately, there's always a portion where it's like, well, at least I guess I could keep the diamond. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's when I'm stressed and it's just how my fears manifest. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, the next one. True crime slash paranormal and I survived. Hey, you beautiful ladies. I have two stories for you. The first is true crime paranormal, although charges were never pressed. Back in the 80s, 90s, it was tradition to visit family and close family friends on your communion and confirmation days. Everyone would have cards and cash for you. So well worth my travel sick ass being stuck in the car with two parents smoking in the front seat with two brothers killing each other in the back. So as my confirmation, I was 11. We went to visit my aunt and cousins. Also, my aunt's pedophile husband lived there too. I refused to refer to him as uncle. I used to love going there, but today was a day that changed. I excused myself and went to the bathroom. On leaving the bathroom, he was standing there. I turned my back to go down the stairs, but he grabbed me back. I could not believe this was happening. My parents were downstairs, but I was too scared to scream. In my mind, I asked my Nana what to do. I heard clear as day in my beautiful Nana's voice the word run. 
I gathered my strength, pulled away, and ran. I was shook. So I said nothing for two years until he tried again. So I pressed my cousin, and it turned out he was doing much worse to her. This upended our lives for a while, but we got through it with the help of our Nana. We've always felt her presence around us. Even though I'm sensitive, I've never heard her voice again, but I know she's always there. Many years later, this is still hard to write. Now for a palate cleanser. My eye survived. Growing up in the day, we had a lot of freedom, so I could write all day about the near misses I had. Let's just say my angels worked overtime. This story is from when I was little. My mom had gone to play bingo. She would go once or twice a week. My dad was home with us kids. When my mom got home, she noticed my bedroom light on. This was strange. We should be fast asleep by now. Usually my mom would have her key and let herself in, but on this occasion she'd forgotten it. So she knocked on the door. No answer. After a few tries, she decided to risk waking us by ringing the doorbell. Still no answer. At this point, she knew something was wrong. My mom ran to our neighbor who had a spare key, then home again. The lights were on, but it appeared no one was home. She ran up the stairs to check on us kids. What she saw made her heart stop. My 6'2 dad was kneeling over my tiny body with scissors to my throat. He refused to acknowledge my mom as I struggled to breathe. Now, this is where I tell you I had the most amazing supportive parents that the 80s provided for any of us, if you know what I mean. The scissors my dad had were tiny nail scissors, the only thing he could find to free me from the self-made noose I had made for my sheets, that I had somehow got it wrapped around my neck in my sleep. He was afraid to move too much or make a sound as he didn't want to wake me for fear I would panic and make the situation worse. As for how all this happened, I had what my parents called a dangerous finger. I would stick it anywhere. Plug sockets, people's ears or nostrils, nowhere was safe. And it was worse when I was asleep. If I found loose fabric or anything like that, I would wind my finger around and around, frequently make it like rope strands. This included my poor parents' hair that they both wore long. On this night, I had found a small hole in my candy-striped sheets and the dangerous finger set to work twisting and winding the sheets into a rope, then managed to get it tightly wound around my neck, like a fish out of water when sleeping, flipping, and flopping. My poor dad came to check on us before he settled in for the night. He did his usual and silently checked on us from the door in the dark bedroom. To this day, he cannot say what made him do a double take. As he closed the door to leave, he was compelled to go check on me properly. He flicked on the lights and approached my bed. To his horror, I was starting to lose color as my self-made rope was tight around my neck. They managed to free me with no ill effects. If this was my kids, I'd be calling 999-911 for you ladies, but my parents thought it was best to just let me sleep. 80s parenting at its best. Love you ladies, creep it real, and seek medical advice when your kid near chokes themselves. Bye for now from Ireland. P.S. I'm not giving... Okay, come on, man. They said, P.S. I'm not giving you the phonetic spelling as I'm dying to hear you try Gaelic. Slang go flayed in Are you Rose from Golden Girl? That's what I was jiggling. Okay, you try it. I think you said it right. What did you say? <laughs> I don't know. I can't say it again. Slango foil as Ari? I don't know. You can't just copy me, (laughs) ma'am.
Well, that was really hard. And I just was going to skip it and just say, <laughs> bye from Ireland. But no, you made me say it. Okay, but can we just talk about the dangerous finger? Because <laughs> I almost cackled. <laughs> just, it'll go anywhere. People's nostrils, da 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 da. <laughs> I almost cackled too because all I pictured was that video that we made where I put my finger in your <laughs> earring. Madonna earring, yes. Oh, God, good times. Not at all. I mean, it was for me. Not so much for you. I'm glad your dad double-checked. Like, what if he hadn't? If he... What if he hadn't? And then I tell you exactly what would have happened. <laughs> no, but, like, truly, he could have ended up, like, going to jail for that. For people thinking that he did it himself. Right. Because, like, how do you prove, like, no, she has a rogue finger. Like... <laughs> I just picture like this girl just like with her index finger and it like going boom, boom, boom. See, in my head it was a pinky, but I can see the index. <laughs> like, how do you prove that's not what happened and he didn't choke you? Right. You know? I mean, I get why your mom believed him. Like, he was right, there trying yeah. to cut it off. But like I'm saying, if you truly had passed. And he was the last person to check on you. Like, your parents' entire world, aside from the fact that they could have lost their child, would be different because he literally could have gone to prison for that. I'm really glad that you got away from your aunt's husband. Okay, the next one. Hey, paranormal chickadees, longtime listener, first time caller, or contributor. I absolutely adore you two. You're the best of both worlds. Like Donna, I'm obsessed with all things paranormal, and like Carrie, I can't get enough true crime. Y'all are like my two best friends, and I'm the invisible, unknown, large stuffed crust pepperoni pizza third wheel. I'm Candy from Texas. And I'm completely fine with you using my real name. I have two stories for y'all. They're long, but I'm going to try my best to keep them as short as possible. First, I'll tell you about the time I had to call and report my older sister as a missing person and how she possibly barely escaped a serial killer, sex traffickers, or maybe even both. I'm going to try to give the short version because a lot of shit went down. My older sister, Kathy, has been addicted to drugs, namely meth, for many years. I've watched her battle and the incredible heartache my parents went through since I was eight years old. She's nine years older than I am. When I was around 20 years old in the late 90s, my sister was living in Oklahoma and we hadn't heard from her in a few weeks. This would happen from time to time when she was using heavily. My mom, who was a worried wreck, and I packed up, headed to Oklahoma to try our best to track her down. We drove around to every place we could think of in the area in which she lived, Friends, family, acquaintances, crack houses. When it came to her kiddos, my little mama was and is fearless. We couldn't find Kathy anywhere, and no one had seen her in several days. Even though she was a drug addict, she would always eventually call or let my mom know in some way or another that she was still alive and well, or as well as she could be. We reluctantly had to return back home to Texas and get on with our life. My poor little mama still calling and praying and getting the same responses from everyone. We haven't seen her. We got that feeling in the pit of our stomach that something just wasn't right, beyond the usual crap that came with my sister's drug use. After a couple more days, it had been at least two weeks at this point, I told my mom that I felt like we needed to call the police and report her missing. I just couldn't reconcile that feeling in my gut. My mom agreed and had stayed in a state of worry for far too long, so I made the call. My call was put through to a detective. I was a very naive 20-year-old, but I was surprised by getting to speak to a detective right away. 
The detective asked me tons of questions and took down everything I could give him about Kathy. He asked me questions like, does your sister pay for drugs with sex? I replied, I don't know, on so many questions that actually made me even more scared than I had initially been before I called. He told me the reason for all the questions was that they had been tracking several murders that they believed were all connected in Lawton, Oklahoma area, very close to where my sister lived at the time. Some of these women were known sex workers, some still unidentified. My stomach completely fell out of my bud. I didn't even know what to say. I stood there holding the phone, shaking, thinking my sister is dead in a ditch somewhere. I'm going to cut out a lot of what happened in between for time's sake, but we finally found my sister alive. She told us that she had met up with some people who she was getting high with in a flea bag motel in, guess where? Yep, Lawton, Oklahoma. There were a couple of men and some other women who came and went. She stayed high most of the time, but she said that she noticed that some of the girls who were there with her would suddenly be gone, but all of their belongings they had with them in the motel room would still be there. She was quickly shut down by the men when she would ask about where they had gone to. Today, she thinks back about that time and everything that happened in that motel room. She says that she's almost positive that they were being sex trafficked, and if she hadn't gotten out when she did, she would have been quote-unquote gone next. It was a very dangerous group of people she was with. My sister has been sober for the past three years, and I'm so incredibly proud of her. She has had a long journey and so many heartbreaking and downright scary stories, but this one will forever stay in my memory of how easily all of our lives could have ended up completely and heartbreakingly different. Okay, now onto my paranormal experience and the question, does Miss Irma still visit us? I've been intrigued with the paranormal for a long, long time. I come from a very conservative Baptist pastor's family where these things are very frowned upon. I have always been sensitive. I have memories from when I was very young and never understood or even knew that this was actually an ability that some people could have and that I wasn't a complete freak. I learned to just not talk about it. People automatically think you're a weirdo, and even now, at 45 years old, not giving a flying yell what people think, I still keep pretty quiet about my experiences. I don't have them often, and I'm more of an empath than anything else. It's like I can feel the emotions of places, emotional residue left or imprinted there. That's the best way I can explain it. Anywho, I tend to ramble, sorry. We have lived in the home that we do now for seven years. I have never felt anything here at all that would be considered paranormal. It's just a plain old boring non-haunted residence. One night, lying in bed asleep, I was suddenly awakened by a feeling. You know that feeling when someone walks into a room and the energy changes? It was that feeling and it woke me up. My husband and I have two kiddos, so I immediately thought it was one of them who came into our room. So I waited for them to say, mom, but nothing, complete quiet. But I still had that feeling that someone was in the room. So I laid there and stared at the doorway into the hall. I stared, trying to let my eyes adjust to the darkness. I kept expecting to make out a figure standing there, but nothing. Then I felt a very light touch on my foot. It was like someone took their thumb on the bottom of my foot and their fingers on the top and lightly moved upwards past my toes. It was just a soft caress. It didn't feel aggressive, but still, holy shit! You better know that I yanked my foot back and stuck it under my husband who was still sound asleep next to me. I pulled the covers up to my chin and stared even harder into that dark trying to make out someone standing at the foot of our bed. 
Still nothing. Then the doubt started. Did that really just happen? Did I imagine that? I couldn't have imagined that. I know that my foot was touched. I don't know how, but I finally fell asleep trying to reconcile what had happened. I had never been touched or seen anything with my eyes and had always thought if something like that happened, I would know exactly how I would respond. Scream, run, get mouthy with the entity, anything besides just lay there. When something actually physically happened to me, I just laid there debating with myself if it actually really happened. Lame, I know. I told my husband the next day. He is extremely skeptical, so I even debated on whether or not to tell him. Thankfully, he didn't tease me and I could see that he didn't think I was making it up. He tried to give logical explanations and though I would have loved to believe it could be debunked as something natural and not supernatural, I know I felt those fingers on my foot. I can still feel it right now when I think about it. Okay, the plot thickens, ladies. Hold on. A couple of days later, me and the kiddos decided that we were going to spend a few days at my parents' house to visit Granny and Papa. My husband had some things to do and he was going to join us a couple of days later. That night, while he was alone in the house, in bed asleep, he was suddenly awoken up by one of the doors in the house slamming hard. He jumped, grabbed his gun out of his side drawer, and he was sure someone had broken into the house. He searched through the whole house. He couldn't imagine which door had slammed because all of the other doors in the house we keep closed. After he searched around the whole house, he noticed that one of our big pictures in our living room that was hung up by two nails at the top was hanging and swaying on one nail. It had been knocked down by the force of the door slamming. He checked all the windows. None open. No draft. Nothing. He fixed the picture and eventually went back to bed. He called me the next day and told me whatever touched my foot the night before must have been mad that I left and threw a temper tantrum. Mr. Skeptical had no explanation. About a month later, we were watching a movie in our living room. I had gotten up to get something to drink in our kitchen. I looked up and I saw someone standing outside our living room beside the hallway leading to my daughter's room. When I noticed them, they ran quickly down the short hallway and out of sight. They looked short, bald, and had a faded peach-colored shirt on. I said, oh my God, did you see that? To my husband as I hurried to the hallway to check on my daughter who was still in her room. Mr. Skeptical Husband said, I saw your shadow or something pass that way. I said, my shadow, how the hell do you think you saw my shadow all the way over here? He saw a shadowy figure. I saw a full person slash apparition in color. Anyway, I got to my daughter's room. She was laying on her bed looking at her phone. I was like, were you just in the hallway? She looked at me blankly and was like, um, no. You know, with that typical teenage attitude, I noticed that her shirt was a completely different color than what I saw on the apparition. And also, my daughter isn't bald. By this point, I'm thinking something's going on here. I did a little research. No one ever died in our home. The couple who lived in our house right before we bought it had one of their mothers living with them. She was elderly and in bad health and stayed in our daughter's room. I found out that she passed away after they moved out. Her name was Miss Irma and she loved Dr. Pepper. I'm not sure what we experienced. Nothing to that extent has happened again. It's easier for me to think that perhaps Miss Irma revisits instead of considering those scarier alternatives. Whenever we hear a bump, knock, or some kind of noise, I say, Hey Miss Irma, sorry we're all out of Dr. Pepper. Anyway, I have no idea what I really think and since we live here, I refuse to do any EVPs or investigation. Don't want to open any doors if you know what I mean. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. What do y'all think? Creep it real and thank you for allowing us a safe place to share our creepy stories. 
Candy from Texas. Yeah, if something's in my house and it seems relatively benign, I ain't, uh, I'm not opening Pandora's box. Yeah. Thank you, but no thank you. Also, is that Carrie? Because she loves Dr. Pepper. Swear I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, well, definitely me as a ghost. <laughs> also, could someone caress my foot like that? Not if it's not somebody that's not supposed to be there. I will have a ghost if it gives foot massages. Girl, I will rub your damn foot if you need it that bad. You will not? I would too. I'd have to beg you. Yeah, but and I would complain the whole time, uh-huh. but I would still do it. My hands hurt. My damn baby. Well, they do. I have, er- I have like early onset arthritis. I like hard foot massages. Well, I can use my little on you. Like a foot massage, that's great on my shoulders and stuff. But a foot massage, you need like long, hard strokes. <laughs> now y'all know Donna's sex life. I mean, I'm just saying a foot massage. Oh, God, that's my favorite. The next one. Hi, lovely ladies. Let's get into it. To preface, my husband and I are complete opposites when it comes to sleep. He likes to stay up late playing video games, and I usually retire around 10 p.m. to bed. I'm definitely a carry. One night around 2 a.m., I was curled up in bed minding my own business, and my husband comes busting in the door. I am, of course, startled, wondering why in the hell he's interrupting my slumber. I was dead ass asleep. He proceeds to say, babe, I don't know if we need to stage the house or what, but I'm hearing some really strange noises. In Carrie's words, I am thinking to myself, don't fuck with my sleep. I am extremely agitated at this point, and I ask him what in the world he's talking about. I walk into the living room, and he replies, I'm hearing a noise here and here and here. He points to the hallway, the flower arrangement, and the laundry room. I'm squinting and trying to wake up as I stand in the living room like a fool trying to listen for these noises. I hear clink come from the metal flower pot, and with wide eyes, he points adamantly. I listen, and then again, clink. Now, at this point, I'm just tired and ready to go back to bed. I think to myself, hold my beer, I'm about to debunk the shit out of this. I calmly say, did you look inside the pot to see if there was anything that could make that sound? He stammers, no, but I moved it around a bit. I'm not messing around now. I grab the handle of the flower arrangement, proceed to pull the fake flowers out, and look inside. This paranormal activity he was so convinced about was a freaking bug. This bug was probably trying to climb out, and every time it tried, it would fall and clink at the bottom. I said, it's a damn bug. And the look on his face is like a child that just realized the tooth fairy doesn't exist. He starts to backtrack and replies, well, all of your damn ghost shows have made me jumpy. I roll my eyes. So clearly, he won't be watching kindred spirits and portals to hell with me any longer. Is this how parents feel when their kids have nightmares after watching a scary movie? I reminded him that he was sitting in a dark-ass room at 2 a.m. by himself and that anyone's minds would start to play tricks on them. I appease him, like checking for monsters under the bed. I saged the house. We went to bed, but he was still convinced there was something going on. I curled back into my blanket cocoon and told him to go to sleep. The next morning, he felt a little silly. As you know, I promptly informed you both and Creep Mom about this the next morning. We all had a good laugh, and I was complaining about how tired I was the next day. I recall Creep Mom saying, I have to find a way to give him shit for this. I laughed it off, but I should have known then she would follow through. A few days later, we had a package on our front door for my husband. We were puzzled because we weren't expecting anything. He opened it up, and what did he find? Sage. No, not the smudge stick, the spice. There was a note saying, for the next time your house is haunted, from Creep Mom. My husband looked at me and said, oh my God, Creep Mom sent me sage. Then the realization hit. I guess you told them, didn't you? 
You bet your ass I did. We laughed so hard. Creep Mom got him good. He thought it was the best joke. And honestly, I think he just felt so honored that Creep Mom thought of him. Thank you for all you do. My life is so enhanced with y'all in it, including Creep Mom. Lots of love. Creep it real. And don't get scared of a bug. Morgan Nelson. If y'all don't know Morgan, Morgan's one of our OGs that's like a moderator in the Facebook group and all the things. Girl been around a long time. We love her and her hubby. Yes. I remember that story and that was so fucking funny. Also, when you said it was trying to climb out and would clink at the bottom, I'm just thinking when he like shimmied it around to see what was going on, that bug was probably like, motherfuck, I was so close to getting out. Like all of its hopes dashed in that (laughs) moment. Almost there. Oh, God. I am both Morgan and her husband in this because I will let my imagination get away with me. But then I also like have to find it then and debunk it so I can go to bed. Yeah, I'm the bug. (laughs) Okay, the last one. Hey, beautifuls. I hope y'all are doing amazing. I wanted to add to your probably massive pile of sinister sightings. Anyway, here's my true crime-esque story. Basically, five or so years ago, my fam was on a trip in Turkey. We had a super close and trusted friend from back in Canada that had moved to Turkey to be with her boyfriend, so we went to visit her. The day seemed usual. She was showing us around, and then a man came up to her saying her boyfriend had sent him to get us. Uh Uh-oh. That should have been red flag one, but she insisted she had met this guy before and this is something her boyfriend would do. Although my parents were slightly on edge and weren't convinced, they chalked it up to being a culture thing. Anyway, we went with him to his shop where he gave us all tea and we were talking. At this point, our friend calls her boyfriend because she was feeling uneasy. That's when he told us he had not sent for us. The boyfriend then told our friend he was going to come right away. In the meantime, my parents were trying to leave, and eventually we were getting up, grabbing our stuff, and that's when the guy pulled my dad to the side and, no joke, asked him what he could have for me. (gasps) My dad laughed it off, thinking he was joking, but the guy continued to say, What? I have four buildings I'll trade for her, and he would give my dad money. Anyway, we booked it after he kept offering things with no joke in his voice. What makes it even creepier is that later that night, we saw a warning on TV for a man that they were looking for in possible relation to human trafficking. Oh, and this picture exactly matched the man we were with all afternoon. We were able to get an earlier flight out of Turkey, so we didn't have to stay overnight. So we grabbed our shit and bounced out, but wow. Long story short, my 10-year-old blonde hair, blue-eyed self was just about human trafficked. I'm just out here grateful my parents acted quickly. We constantly see cases of kiddos gone missing in the middle of the night. I mean, you never know. Well, keep being you guys. I absolutely love y'all. Creep it real. Just try your best to not get trafficked. Oh, or scared. That's fucking scary as shit. Yes. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. 10 years old. I wonder if your friend did know that guy. Yeah, that's kind of interesting that she was like, I don't know, but then like, kind of went along with it yeah i don't know and maybe she was scared because if she was in a new country and yeah we don't know if there was like a language barrier or what and so she may have just been like you said wanting to be respectful and okay well let me just kind of try to figure this out i don't know and i'm so glad that the tea wasn't spiked or anything (gasps) swear to god i thought that's where this was going i was like oh no holy they're all gonna get really sleepy yes i'm so glad y'all made it out of there Ooh, wee, that's scary. 
Well, thank you all so much for sending in all your stories. We are not sitting on a big pile of them, so keep <laughs> them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.